sorry, you have oh, started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Truezilla Podcast. Just want to tell you, you can come support the show. If you get any value out of the show, you can come give that back at truezilla.org forward slash donate. We got all the different donate options there. Crypto, PayPal, Venmo, all that good stuff. Also, I want to talk about our new sponsors, truthtrs.com, yes. truthtrs.com, where we're well on our way into our detoxing the heavy metals out of our body. We yes. talk about all the time, all the environmental toxins, all the stuff being sprayed in the sky, all the magnetic shit in the food, like what's going on with that? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to get all that out of your body, truthtrs.com. Advanced TRS is a super safe, awesome way to just 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 yeah. get rid of it. Yeah, now we all use it. Our yeah. kids use it. I'm yeah. starting to give it you to one of my your, animals. Yeah, yep. Yep. yep, one yep. of my dogs. Yep. So yep. yeah. Yep. So yep. truthtrs.com to learn more. Also, want to give a big shout out to our good friend Cody Crystal. Cody, Cody, Cody what? Over at uh, Instagram. So uh, Cody's. Plural, C-O-D-Y-S underscore crystals over on Instagram. Uh, he's getting his site all up to date there. But, dude, go watch his live streams. He's just got the coolest so gems cool. and artifacts for sale. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, great friend of the show. He's been with us since day one. Really helped us out yeah. when we needed it the yeah. most. And, uh, yeah, man, made life so much easier over here. So, Cody, appreciate you so much. Yeah, we man. really so hope much. everyone goes. And if nothing else, just go follow him. Go follow Cody, man. He's the man. But his Cody's live shows crystal. are the bomb. I yeah, watch yeah. him with my nine-year-old. We'll sit yeah. there when he goes live, and yeah. my son's like, are you going to bid? Are we going to buy that? Are you going to email him? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. So Cody's crystals on Instagram. So let's see. Other than that, go get yourself a Truezilla T-shirt. Truezilla.org yes. forward slash shirts, and uh, you'd be one of the cool or kids. One. Yeah, he's got his World Economic Forum. You'll own nothing. You'll be happy shirt. Which that narrative is just ramping up like crazy these days. Holy yeah. shit! Oh my yeah. god! Uh, I, had sh- I showed my this shirt to my dad the other day. Yeah. He's like, I don't like that six six six. I'm like, it's their logo. It's their logo. It's yep, their logo. Just, we just pointed it out. Yep. We yep. just pointed it out. Right. Yep. Right. Sorry. All right. Anyway, guys. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, guys. So another heavy one. So enjoy the show. Welcome to Truthzilla. I am Megan sitting here with Scott and Ed. Hello. This evening, we are talking with Philip Fairbanks. Philip has two decades of publishing experience covering news reporting and entertainment media, as well as spending years researching and covering online child grooming, the Jeffrey Epstein case, MK Ultra, the Finders Cult, and several other topics which are discussed in his book, Pedogate Primer, The Politics of Pedophilia. A concise intro and overview of the growing child abuse epidemic worldwide. It features shocking instances of institutional and organizational pedophilia throughout history. Churches, cults, the world of arts and entertainment, the government, charities, NGOs, and major corporations are complicit or culprit in many instances. His work has appeared in numerous peer-reviewed journals, newspapers, magazines, and several other print and online publications. Philip, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Well, thanks so much for having me on, guys. Yeah, this is great, man. So you've been, you've been, uh, you were just recently with our really good friend, Adam. Um, and, and, you know, oh, yeah, Adam yeah. and I chatted, we, we chat quite a bit. I was just at a camp out with him fairly recently. Great guy. Um, and, and he, I was just like, oh yeah, I got to get him on. I got to get Philip on. So I reached out, um, Adam put us in touch. Um, anybody's listening to this, if you guys haven't, uh, checked out, um, <clears throat> Deborah gets red pilled lately, go back and listen to Philip's interview on there. You know, they do a good deep dive and poor Deborah. Poor Deborah. Poor Deborah. <laughs> Poor Deborah. I, I gotta say, I do. I love the the you know the whole theme of the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause uh, you know, uh you, you got a you know uh, sort of a normie basically, and and the purpose of the show apparently is to disturb the normie. We're playing disturb the normie on Deborah <laughs> yeah. gets red filled. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these topics, if we're gonna talk about something to really just kind of 
you know, just kick the door open on something for somebody and be like, okay, this is the way the world actually works. You know, I still am so impressed that she's so cool with like, most people are just not that open-minded and willing to even receive it much less on air like that. So it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It's very cool. Absolutely. She's opening up. That's for sure. For sure. Yep. So Philip, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, maybe how you got interested in maybe or just landed in this field i mean saying interested is a hard yeah hard way to put it yeah yeah it's almost like like you feel like obligated like if we feel like, yeah. like the way i look exactly. at it and the way i've looked at it too is just like okay i can there's a lot of people that can't handle this stuff and so like we mm-hmm. can i can so it's, i kind of feel it's my duty and obligation to kind of get in the trenches and deal with it and i feel maybe that's i don't know i don't know if you can really yeah yeah it, but yeah. at the same time no matter no matter how much like mental fortitude you have that's something I learned because, you know, like I've said, you know, I this is th- these are the topics that I've you know dealt with for over half my life that I've been studying. But, you know, it's, it's one thing to write about it once in a while. But, uh, you know, there when I when I spent like literally months writing this book. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I had I had night terrors. I was waking up. I was having panic attacks, you know. So it, you, even if you do have like the mental fortitude uh, to to dig into this stuff, you know, I, I encourage people if you if you read this or something like uh, uh, McGowan's book, um, Program to Kill, mm-hmm. uh, which which was a big influence on me, you know, uh, don't feel ashamed to like take a break, you know, read a chapter or half a chapter and then take a break. But yeah, you know, uh, as for me, you know, it is, it is a topic that most people don't, you know, who wants to think about like topics this awful, but you know, for me, I, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know if I'm, uh, you know, if it's just me, uh, and, and I know a lot of people, who who've been in that situation or or if it's just that you know maybe I'm just easy to talk to or something and more people have opened up to me about it and and it's just that many but I have had an extraordinary amount of friends and loved ones you know exes who uh you know who were abused as children and you know once once you know that's going on and and especially when you find out the scope of it um and and that it's not just it's not just, you know, somebody's stepdad or, or a teacher or whatever. No, there's, there's like, you know, it's, it's organized sometimes and right. it goes up to the highest of levels, you know, mm-hmm. Epstein wasn't a, wasn't a one-time deal, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, just, just having, you know, uh, knowing so many people that, that have been through that, I, I really can't look away. So, uh, you know, that, that, and I, you know, I was always interested in uh, studying, you know, the CIA, CIA corruption and, and the security state and, you know, got into uh, MK Ultra and things like that. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's 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 all kind of tied together. So I've spent, like I said, literally most of my life kind of uh, engrossed in a lot of these topics, um, like to the point where it's, it's something I've, I didn't realize when I was writing the book, I don't think so much, but having done some of these interviews, I realized then it's like, oh, that's why I wrote the book because people are like, oh, hold on, you know, you're going to have to, you know, rewind a little bit because a lot of people aren't familiar with that. Because I don't know, uh, when you've spent most of your life studying things that people don't know, you, you kind of forget that it, this is not stuff that's common knowledge. Yeah. Uh, but it, like I said, it's it's stuff that's important to know. So um so I am I am proud to have you know been able to uh, to kind of share this with the world. 
Um, but yeah, like I said, I've, I've, I've been uh, writing for a little over a couple decades now, you know, 22 years uh, since my first print publication. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's what I love to do. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's fulfilling, you know, um, like I, I could be doing something where I made a lot more money probably, but I doubt I would have the sense of fulfillment that I have. Yes. Uh, I, I received an email not too long ago and it's not the only one I've gotten like this. I, I, I've gotten messages and emails from people who, once again, they, they read the book or heard one or more of my interviews. And then they reached out to me and they're like, Hey, listen, this, this happened to me. And I really appreciate uh, you, you covering this. And, you know, I mean, like, what more could you want? You know, I, I, I would I would rather feel fulfilled than be a millionaire anyway. You know, yeah. so so it, it is it's it's really fulfilling to me to be able to, you know, kind of try and raise awareness about this stuff. And and even if, you know, I don't I don't know how much good it's going to do in the world. I, I don't even I don't even try to think about that. Uh, it's more so it's 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 for a lot of the victims in in, in a yeah. big way for the victims and their loved ones just so that they know you know i think kurt vonget said something along the lines of uh uh how writing an anti-war book is like writing an anti-glacier book and how you know i don't write these things because i think i'm going to change the world i write them so that other people who see the same things don't feel as alone so that's yeah. you know that's kind of where I'm at uh, with with covering these things. I I don't think I'm going to overthrow the system or anything like that. But at the very least, if if we can bring some comfort to people who have been through this or whose loved ones have been through this, then you know I would call that a win. Well, for sure. And you know the thing is, is this, I always say sunlight disinfects abuse. Mm -hmm. And you know there are a lot of people who kind of get whiffs of what's going on, or they maybe know a little bit, but they kind of just emotionally shut down. Like it's it's too far away. It's not happening to people I know. Like they just yeah. not everybody is gifted to do the same thing. And so it's really powerful that you have a voice to do this because not everybody has the personal fortitude or the wherewithal to deal with these kind of topics that are yeah. emotionally draining and and they just they impact your spirit and your heart and all of those mm -hmm. kinds of things. This is really super important work. And essentially I look at it like that you're this giant flashlight and what we need and what, you know, we see out in the world are these flashlights and they're shining light on all of this abuse and helping to disinfect it and helping to other people who would have a heart and a mind to see can also have a seed planted and they can also carry torches forward for other people. So it's just incredible work. And, and even if you're not, you know, taking out the glacier, you know, what you're doing is you're bringing light to, I mean, I'm a parent, you're a parent, right. you know, we are uh, more parents that are aware of what's happening to children. Yeah. Like, you know, we can, we can guide our children away from, from the glaciers, right? right. We can, we can yes, uh, exactly. yeah, shed some light there. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm always curious. So I'm really curious. So what was your, the first one that kind of got you going? Cause uh, like for me actually, so another one that I heard you on, that was really good. Another show was a uh, 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 higher side chats, higher side shots, yeah. Greg Carlwood, oh, wow. awesome interview. Um, you know, one of, one of my early awakening moments to this particular issue was he had an interview with, uh, uh, Fiona, was it Fiona Barnett? Fiona Barnett. Yeah. Now say what you will about her. I've heard, you know, multiple different things. Um, but, but just that interview, I was just like, what? No, that can't be. Yeah. 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 So then I started looking into it for myself and I was like, oh my God, it is a thing. So anyway, yeah. So that was just kind of like a red pill, gigantic red pill for me. Yeah, yeah. The the MK Ultra thing was probably one of my uh, major entry points. Yeah. Um, 
Like, you know, if, if we want to go way back, it would probably be like uh, the uh, JFK assassination sure, sure, sure. and my dad listening to Art Bell. OK, yeah, so sure. when I was like 10 or 11 years old, you know, it's the early 90s and the Oliver Stone movie came out and, and you know, starting to learn about the JFK assassination. You know, I'm not even a, a, a teen yet. And already I'm like, whoa. I think that uh, our government and the CIA might be evil, right? <laughs> so so once you begin with that, with that premise, then by the time I'm like, you know, 17 and 18, and then all of a sudden I learn about the skull and bones and, and how they basically became the OSS, which became the CIA. And yeah. then I learn about MKUltra. And and once again, like you said, it's it's the kind of thing, you know, okay, the CIA was studying mind control for 20 years no 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 they weren't no yeah like bill clinton even apologized in the 90s when he was president because and it wasn't even just in the u.s you know we yeah. were going to canada exactly. and, and doing illicit human experimentation sometimes on children yeah. you know uh and and i'll never forget i, I there was a there's a picture uh that was released in some of these foia and and it's just a little kid yeah. You know, strapped in a bed. And and once you see something like that, yeah, no, it's never leaving your brain, you know? Right. Uh so yeah, MK Ultra was was a, a a big entry point as far as the you know the adult portion of my life. I'd already been <clears throat> the pump had already been primed by JFK and Art Bell. Uh, already I was like, okay, so I'm beginning to think maybe our government lies a lot and parts of it are literally evil. So, uh, you know, uh, having already kind of, you know, uh, accepted that premise, because you got to accept it first before and that, that's one of the issues. I think, uh, you know, issue. like yeah. like with Epstein and everything, uh, uh, Epstein, just like just like the Finders cult and just like the Franklin scandal. These were big news stories. They were mm -hmm. huge mm -hmm. for a few months. And yeah. then they dropped off the map and nobody ever thought about them again, you know, uh, except for the kind of people who, you know, like us, just voraciously are cataloging all these events. Um, but, yeah, you know, um, uh, so MK Ultra and, and, and also a lot uh, like the relationship between the CIA and drug trafficking was another mm -hmm. big eye opener. Uh and because, you know, people, you know, people probably will call me a conspiracy theorist and, and that's OK. I prefer parapolitical researcher because I try not to deal too much with theory and speculation. I mean, there is enough on the books that I don't have to be like Alex Jones and like, you know, this is what I think is happening. No, no, I can just be like, OK, on page 279 of the FBI vault. FOIA documents in relation to the finders cult, it says, and here's the police investigation notes. And, you know, I mean, you don't have to speculate on a lot of this stuff. You can, and I do sometimes, but, you know, well, especially when I'm writing, I try and, you know, uh, stick to the facts, stick to what's verifiable and what's on the record. Uh, because, because, you know, I mean, uh, it's, it's great to preach to the choir, and that's one reason why I enjoy doing these podcasts, because, you know, it's people who are already on that uh, on that route. But like when I was writing this book, one of my main goals was to make sure to keep it, you know, keep away from uh, wild speculation, because I want this to be the kind of book that if people like that people like you or me uh, will pick up and then they'll be like, oh, I know who to give this to. 
you know, yeah, give it to no. somebody who's not familiar with this stuff. And then, you know, like, you know, uh, something like a third of the book is the bibliography. And yeah. I'm not citing Breitbart and, and Alex Jones and whatever, because I know that the kind of people that I need to reach, they're only going to accept it if, if it's the kind of sources that they respect, you know, Newsweek and, and you know, uh, literal uh, Freedom of Information Act uh, documents that have been declassified, the kind of stuff that it's hard to, like, you know, shake your head. No, no, that couldn't be so. No. Uh, well, they, they said it was so. They didn't want to, and they probably burned most of the files, but here's what we have left. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, man. Sure. Absolutely. So staying with MK Ultra, man, there's so much to unpack there. Like, like the, the mm. Canada, wasn't that Dr. Ewan Cameron? Wasn't that the guy that yeah, was doing yeah. the childhood experimentation the, they called him up the there? Scottish Mingala. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, tell yeah. us more about him. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Ewan Cameron, he's at McGill University, which by the yeah. way, there is a connection to Nexium there via mm. uh the Bronfman sisters. Uh mm. the Bronfman sisters went to McGill. Um, also the cult doctor who, you know, was using, uh, something that sounded like a Persinger helmet, like, uh, Michael Persinger had this, uh, you know, helmet thing with these electrodes and it would stimulate certain things. And, you know, he would have people like watching, uh, videos of just like extreme graphic violence and stuff. And so he went to McGill, uh, or he, uh, he, you know, he's he's a McGill alumnus, just like uh, you, uh, Ian Cameron, who was uh, a professor there. So, you know, I, I, I sometimes wonder if uh, if there wasn't a, uh, you know, MK connection there. Uh, but yeah, Cameron, uh, he was uh, he did the like psychic driving experiments. Uh, he ruined people's minds. There were people who like, you know, oh, well, you know, I've got a family member and they're depressed. And so they end up in an institution. And then they spent the rest of their lives like, you know, just just broken spirit and brain broken. You know, I remember one story of of a woman who, you know, her family uh, sued, uh, I think, the university not too long ago, um, you know, just a few years back. And uh, a, a woman uh, signs herself into an institution for depression and now she's like, you know, she's barely responsive and you can't touch her. You know, you can't give her a hug. You can't comfort her because she freaks out if she has any human contact. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's heartbreaking. But that's that's what this guy did. And like like I said, they call him they call him the Scottish Mingala. Mm -hmm. um, and, and speaking of which, you know, there there is a lot of uh, uh, connections between MK Ultra and the Nazis were doing yep. some similar yep. experiments. And a lot of times they will talk about that, about how, oh, well, you know, MK Ultra and Project Paperclip and we imported these Nazis and, you know, we were we were carrying on the research they started. No, 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 no. They didn't start it. A lot of this research was started in like whether it's eugenics or mind control. This was going on in the United States in mm -hmm. the 20s and 30s and then picked up by the Germans. And then when we imported the Nazis who we helped escape from Nuremberg, I know it sounds like yep, it yep, sounds yep. like science fiction, God. but once again, this is all on the books, you know, uh, why didn't they teach this in history class? I don't know. I guess they <laughs> wanted it to be boring so that we're not interested in history maybe. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but, but yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, Ian Cameron, uh, it was psychic driving was one of uh, one of his main things. Yep. He would like, yeah, just play 
you know, a record of something just over and over and over for hours and hours trying to, you know, imprint on the brain or erase certain things in the brain. And, and it, you know, before you get any ideas, no, this was, I, I do not believe this was at all an attempt at being therapeutic. No, it's not like he was misguided and he was trying to help and he accidentally broke people's brains. No, he was, he was working for our security state uh, because the CIA was very interested in brainwashing and mind control. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. Cameron, uh, Cameron's just one of the big names though. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome, man. So as we move along on the trajectory here, so another name, so actually I was researching, um, uh, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City bombing, mm. and I stumbled across the name Doctor Lewis Jollyan West. Yeah, and I know he ties back to uh, MK Ultra, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us a little bit about him, and then we'll get into some other yeah. sort of stuff in the book here. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh well, first though, one thing I did forget about Cameron. Yeah. Uh, he he was the first chairman of the World Psychiatric Association and the APA, American Psychiatric Association, and the Canadian Psychiatric Association, which that should scare you, I think. You know, the fact that this, you know, evil mad genius was, (laughs) you know, the the, one of the guiding lights of the entire psychiatric profession at the time as well. And Dr. West uh, didn't achieve the same kind of acclaim but he does show up like it's it's spooky how much he shows up, whether it's uh, McVeigh or Halebop or Jonestown or Patty Hearst. You know, whenever somebody seems to have possibly been because uh, now this uh, uh, let's see, it's aberrations in the uh, heartland of the real uh, or homeland of the real. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Dr. Wendy S. Painting uh, wrote that book. It's like. 800 pages long. Mm. I've only read portions. Uh, but that was, uh, uh, th- that's, that's my source for, uh, uh, the bit about McVeigh because McVeigh apparently, um, you know, McVeigh was in the military and we know that the military and the CIA were some of the first, uh, pools that they got, you know, subjects for these experiments for, uh, and McVeigh claims that he was microchipped. Um, uh, <clears throat> and, and then, then they had him see Doctor Jolly. Uh, you know, I love that. You know, his middle name is Jollyan or, or Jollyon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how to yeah. pronounce that, but, but yeah, the, his nickname was Doctor Jolly. Uh, when when I first wrote about MK Ultra back in like 2003 or 2004 for Paranoia Magazine, uh, you know, I pointed out like it sounds like something out of a James Bond film. Yeah. You've got Doctor Sidney Gottlieb, who is a club-footed mm-hmm. uh, folk dancer who uh, uh who's like addicted to goat's milk and uh dr jolly who you know had a, had a clinic in haight ashbury that that the manson family visited uh, uh and you know and and once uh you know was tripping on lsd while he overdosed an elephant on lsd and watched it die yeah. and, you know th- it's it's so cartoonishly evil it's yeah. so over the top and Honestly, I think that's one of the secrets to why, because we've got these mental blocks, you know, it's like, no, that couldn't happen. That sounds like a movie, you know, Uh, another thing that the the paranoia article uh, that I wrote, uh, paranoia magazine article I wrote about MKUltra, uh, I remember, oh, you know, 18 years ago, how much, uh, you know, or 17, 18 years ago, I was so much more 
uh, naive and idealistic, I guess, at the time. I remember I ended with, you know, and if only we can raise more awareness about the topics. And it's like now, now MK Ultra is a subplot in Stranger Things, which is yeah. like one of the biggest hit series on television. So it's not that people don't know MK Ultra, and in fact, uh, you know, the fa- the way it's presented, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people probably maybe the first time that they heard about Mind Control or MK Ultra at least, um, there's there's at least a couple movies from the 80s and 90s who mention it by name. Um, the movie Conspiracy Theory with Mel Gibson mm-hmm. mentions it by name. And, you know, uh, I don't know how much I go in for the whole idea of predictive programming, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of ties between uh, the national security state and, and Hollywood as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I do think sometimes they throw things in there in f- pieces of fiction so that, uh, once again, to pri- uh, like the reverse of me learning about JFK, priming people's brain brain to disbelieve. You or, know? To, or to accept it or to be desensitized to it. And a big ah, thing with too, MK yeah. Ultra, they I think uh, the, the average quote unquote average person, they hear that and they think that it's that's in the past. It's over. It doesn't yeah. affect anyone today. <laughs> I think that a lot of people I mean, I know there's not specifically documentation that says that those kind of experiments go on. But I think that, that we can probably collectively uh, as humanity agree that, um, you know, the government is very corrupt and the CIA is very corrupt and, and there's no reason to believe that they stopped trying to control humans just mm-hmm. because they were found out back then. And the ramifications of what they've done have carried on as the basis for, for more for them to look into. So it's, it's pretty dark. And I think that's the big thing is that the average person, it's even, I know an awful lot sitting at this table. We've seen an awful lot. We've heard an awful lot and researched a lot. And still the things that I hear, it, 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 it is so much to wrap your head around. And for the average person, we tend to see the world as we are. And so it's hard for people to think that that kind of abject evil actually exists and that people really do enjoy the suffering and agony of other people, people like us, we can't put ourselves emotionally into that position. So it's, it's easy to discount it. Oh yeah. Yeah. As far as, as far as it possibly still going on, like I almost guarantee that, that, that it is somewhere in some ways, because you can see declassified research that's going on. Like, you know, I was reading an article in a, in a science publication just a few months ago. Uh, you know, a scientist uh, is, is doing research with, uh, with rodents and he's microchipping rodents and he's able to uh, make them have aversions to each other or I, I can't remember if it's microchips or electromagnetic frequencies, but mm-hmm. uh, he's able to create aversions or bonds you know, uh, it, this is the kind of thing that um, Dr. Jose Delgado was uh, was studying. Uh, you know, he wrote the book Towards a Psycho-Civilized Society. And he was actually, you know, it, it came out later that he was doing experiments like with monkeys and certain electromagnetic frequencies, and he could make them more apathetic or more agitated. And like that was top secret in the 1960s. And the fact that, you know, we're doing this stuff with rodents and it's not a secret anymore, then what are they hiding from us? If, if they're open about, uh, about that kind of experimentation, then, you know, uh, I almost guarantee that there's much more that they're doing that isn't, that is still declassified. 
Well, we know about the evil that they have done. We know we have small windows into what they've done. And there's there's a, a huge ocean of things that we don't. And there's no reason to believe, and that we've seen nothing in the government's history or with the Justice Department or anything else. And even if we're just speaking in this country in particular, to see that any any course was changed. There's been no repentance. There's been no, uh, you know, restaffing. There's no been no, you know, quote unquote, burning down of an organization and rebuilding it like a grassroots thing where we have, where we're, where we're literally like getting rid of corruption, where we're getting rid of cover up, where we have people who are, are truly about organic humanity and people's sovereignty and, and the well being of people's psyche and hearts and their spirits. That's not what's happened. So it, it would, to me, it's the, it's not even a, to say a far stretch that, that, that somehow they've abandoned these practices. I just don't think that that's a possibility. I, I believe yeah. in my heart. That's not even, it's not even worth talking about. Like conspiracy yeah. Theory. Uh, yeah. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, another thing to consider is it's sort of like the cold war arms race, you know, like once it's out there, you know, the, every country can, can say, well, somebody else is doing it. Yeah. And so we can't fall behind, you know, so, because uh, like <clears throat> MK Ultra, it started. Um, well, the pretext for why it started was people being brainwashed by the North Koreans, and they were like, "Okay, so North Korea has mind control. We need to have it too." You know, like uh, they've got the they've got the psychic bomb. We've got to develop the psychic bomb too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was sort of like a, it, it was it was a uh, you know mental arms race going on, mm-hmm. and and once that's out there, you know, well, there, there's not going to be nuclear proliferation as long as somebody has nukes. Like I remember in elementary school, we we play you know playing out on the playground and like you know we would hold these sticks and the sticks were bombs and and I would always be the one. And they're like, okay, okay, now let's let's all drop and and you know what. When you're the one that drops the drops the stick, drops your drops your bomb, you're the only one that's disarmed then because they were all lying. <laughs> when everybody agrees, like, OK, let's disarm now. Whoever disarms is going to be the only one disarmed. That's right. just, you know, that's just the way it is. And yeah. and I hate that. But, yeah, like and I certainly I'm certainly not justifying what they're doing. But, you know, that's that's their justification for this. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely believe that the zero sum game, you know, the, uh, there's only one winner and everybody else is a loser. Everybody loses. Everybody loses that way. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So as we're moving along on this trajectory, Lewis, Jolly and West, just all, all the, you guys look them up, look them up out there. If, you're, if you really want like a good little red pill or whatever, dude, like mm-hmm. this guy was involved with everything. You know, like what we, we said, Manson, what do we say? Jack Ruby, uh, McVeigh. Like just Patty Hearst, like the whole deal. Like, like Charles again, like you said, like anybody that's yeah. these these classic little stereotypical uh MK Ultra people, like somehow this guy mm-hmm. overlaps with them. And then of course he pops up again. He pops up again. And now, okay, so now you got all these kids that were being experimented on or whatever, or just crazy things happening to them throughout the 60s and 70s. They're growing up and they're becoming adults and they're coming forward and they're saying, Whoa, I was really abused and traumatized as a kid. Yeah. And then there this uh, this organization comes along and says, nah. You're just making all that up. Tell us about the yeah. false memory syndrome foundation. The false memory syndrome foundation. Um, well, uh, first off, uh, Dr. West connection there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dr. Jolly was on the scientific advisory board of the false memory syndrome foundation, which by the way, if you're wondering what's the false memory syndrome, well, false memory <laughs> syndrome is a thing that does not exist. 
<laughs> it's, it's, it's the it's thing a, where kids are traumatized and abused and then uh, and then adults tell them that didn't an happen. adult says no it didn't happen <laughs> exactly and and God. this is the craziest thing to me is who coined the term uh because you know you would figure oh it's a psychologist or a psychiatrist of some sort no no it was an alcoholic mathematician who married his stepsister or uh yeah his stepsister <laughs> what <laughs> And then was accused of incest by his daughter, which, come on, oh. a guy who married his stepsister would never commit incest. Hold on, wait a minute. No, he's already committing incest. <laughs> he's possibly God. into that. And also, he was, a, he was a, a severe alcoholic. So what's more likely that he's misremembering things? When, when we know, you know, uh, alcoholism can cause you to, uh, uh, you know, have have memory issues, especially uh, when you don't want to remember something, you know, yeah. people black out when they don't want to remember something when they've drank too much and they've done something that they can't deal with. So if anybody was having memory issues uh, and and remembering things incorrectly, it would have been uh, doc, uh, Dr. Peter Fried, who was a mathematician. He's not he's not a psychiatrist. Now, his daughter was a psychiatrist. Um, and when she accused her parents, uh, of, you know, or her, her dad of abusing her and her mom of knowing about it and not doing anything about it, then they decided, okay, we're going to start an organization. And that was the false memory syndrome foundation. <sighs> and, you know, uh, it, it, which attracted so many parents who had been accused oh. by their kids. <laughs> of course. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's almost cartoonishly evil. So much of this stuff. It, it is, it's hard to believe, hard so, to wrap your head around. It's but, a foundation but, yeah. of absolution for these abusers. That was their absolution. They could just ascribe to it. And therefore then their kids were these bloody little liars and right. they can just get away with these atrocious. I mean, these, these, and the thing is, these crimes, these atrocities that are being committed against these innocent, vulnerable children, their, their psyches are still forming. This is damning. This is lifelong yes. damning. Yes. And this is why it, it's like you say, and I'm not underscoring the uncle and the dad and the, you know, the neighborhood, you know, coach. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. Obviously, it's prevalent. But when we're talking about the people who are literally with will, willful intent, attempting to cause a spiritual break in these children to where they don't trust, they can't connect with their higher power. They'll never be right. They'll never function normally. And though a lot of them do grow up and walk amongst us in society, they've, they've been um, hollowed out. And it's not something generally that they can recover from. This is a, a true agenda to take people away from their ability to be whole, sovereign and spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, if, if you know somebody uh, and for me, it's multiple people. If you if you know people who have gone through that as a kid, yeah. you know, it's 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 a lot harder to just look the other look the other way. Um, now, as far as the False Memory Syndrome Foundation goes, I I don't believe Dr. West was even the most evil uh, mm -hmm. member of that group. <laughs> right. You know, you've got the uh, Paul and Shirley Eberly. Um, who wrote a book called The Politics of Child Abuse. And they, uh, kind of like Colonel Michael Aquino, whenever whenever people started talking about, uh, you know, institutional abuse or organized pedophilia, like they would get trotted out on, you know, Geraldo or, or Donahue or whatever uh, and debunk it. Well, the Eberleys, by the way, also, um, you know, the LAPD was after them for years uh, because they were suspected child pornographers. Now, <laughs> the, they had a magazine called Finger, and um, 
there's only a few extant issues. Um, but in one of them, there is a is you know the, there's a letters section, and it's very clear that some of the people who were writing in were proud pedophiles, and they were talking about how they loved the stories and the pictures, and and you know there was there's a lot of incest and 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 pedophilia and racism, you know, just virulent awfulness in Finger Magazine, and these people are trotted out as experts on debunking child abuse. Um, th then, then you've got uh, Dr. Ralph Underwager, who hundreds of cases, he was an expert witness in hundreds of cases saying, no, 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 the kid's making it up. Well, who's Dr. Underwager? Dr. Underwager was one of the uh, founding members of Vocal, Victims of Child Abuse Laws. Victims of Child Abuse Laws? <laughs> so, so we know where you, we, we know where his priorities lie. Um, so vocal tried to, uh, you know, uh, they were trying to get rid of mandatory reporting laws in certain states and things like get rid of mandatory reporting laws so that uh, so that priests and psychiatrists, if they hear from a kid that they've been uh, abused, don't have to report it to the authorities. Like what kind of person is going to do that? Well, the, this guy, this guy said, uh, what was it? He believed that something like um, uh, 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 that a large portion of kids who said that they were abused weren't really abused and that something like two thirds of the ones who were abused, it not only wasn't bad for them, it was a positive experience for them. This is this oh, is actually his brain. God. I, I and, and I think some people like they say stuff like that to justify themselves, this guy, I think he genuinely believed it because he's part of the false memory syndrome foundation. He's, he's able to like, you know, uh, help multiple pedophiles get away with their crimes. Uh, but you know, when he uh, did an interview with Patica, which is a Dutch journal of pedophilia, that's one of the things that exists in the world is a journal, uh, an academic journal of pedophilia. And, uh, you know, Underweger, who, by the way, was uh, a theologian as well. Disgusting. This guy was saying that, you know, uh, pedophiles should be uh, should be able to be open about their feelings and, you know, uh, it, it, having, you know, making love to a child. Ugh. Uh, he believed that abusing a child was a way to get closer to God. No, 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 no. Wow. Um, but yeah, that's what he genuinely believed. And I believe he did believe that because he, all he had to do, you know, the false memory syndrome foundation that uh, they were like, okay, listen, guy, you're going to have to say, uh, I didn't mean that, or we're going to have to get rid of you. And he, he, he said that, um, what was it? Um, he didn't believe that there was scientific data that bore out the idea that, that pedophilia and, and child molestation uh, hurts the child. He didn't believe that abusing a child abuses a child. But that that's a common narrative among pedophiles. I mean, when I, when I was in college and taking courses and we, we did you know, like FBI case studies and all that kind of stuff. And over and over and over uh, when we would do case studies on like, uh, you know, documents that were released by uh, psychologists that were uh, anonymous in nature. And it was over and over and over these perpetrators saying that, yeah, they're three and four and five year old children or their 10 year old child that they enjoyed. 
and drew pleasure from and that and that it was a bonding experience and that it caused no harm. And the fact that something evil and wicked says something doesn't make it so. Um, but that is one of the justifications where they can all find comfort in one another that, oh, right. look what we're, we're, we're going to just gaslight the entire, I mean, with the false memory uh, foundation, all of it. It's just showing that it's their road into excusing it away because I don't, I have a hard time believing um, that most of these people believe what they're saying. Um, it's just like anything there. They're no, no one's going to come and say, Oh yeah, this harms them. This it psychologically damns them for life. This ruins their lives. We destroy their pelvises. We destroy their bowels. We, we break their teeth out. We do all of these things. We, we ruin these children, but you know, they enjoy it. It's fine for them. Um, and they're not psychologically how capable to how, pro- how could they? If, if, right. And they have no conscience. Yeah, right. these, these people exactly. truly don't. They just have to have the, the word. It's just like with the government gaslighting us now, you know, they just have to have that, that, you know, inversion so that people can go, Oh yeah, well, well, maybe it is okay because then the, the sheep will be like, oh, well, we just have to, you know, we have to consider all sides. No, we don't. We need to protect innocent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. Intense, yeah. man. I, I didn't realize that, that it was that diabolical. And, and you know, it's so interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so interesting too, how like uh, they disbanded just recently. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. End of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It, Damn. It was like the same time. Remember when like all the CEOs were like bailing out all the companies? Yeah. Back then? yeah. 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 Like, it's yeah. like this, there's some weird, there was some weird thing in there. Everyone's like, well, we got to close up shop here, which is crazy, super crazy. Um, another weird, just random fact is like, you know, because we were doing some early research into MK Ultra, and that's when I first stumbled across the False Memory Syndrome Foundation and doing research into Jennifer Fry. T- come to find out that she's actually a, a professor here in this the U of O here in the same town we live in, you know, and I she's a memory expert. Yeah, yeah, she's a memory that's, expert. That, that, doesn't that yeah. just make yeah. like infuriate you that an alcoholic? <laughs> An alcoholic mathematician who married his stepsister, abused his daughter, who grew up to become a memory expert. And yep. then he's like, no, you're remembering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not me, the guy who, you know, married my step sibling and, and drank t- till I blacked out. No, it was you that remembered wrong. Yeah. Like, well, it, it, talk about the insult on top of the injury, you know? Well, abusers in any in any form of abuse, domestic abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, child abuse, it doesn't matter. They they always are going to take that narrative. They're never, ever going to admit that they're causing harm. They're never, ever going to say, I, I don't know, the, the whole thing is just, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's really infuriating. I actually, I was uh, misused as a child. I was abused by family members. And I remember that being uh, a terrifying thing. To, to like, I remember in school, this telling, you know, it's, you get touched, tell, you know, tell a grown up, tell a grown up. And I had a super abusive father. And that ended up being because it was his brother that it, at that time that I needed to talk to him about. And I was little, like eight years old. And, um, and I have memories of this man hurting me back to, I remember being in a high chair. I remember hurting in a high chair. And so when I finally got the courage up and, t- and tried to tell my, and it was so hard, you can't say all the things that happened as a child. You can't speak those words. You can't say this happened to this part of my body. This is what he did with that part of his, but you don't say that you try to in your childlike way call for help. And my father looked me in the face and told me that it probably wasn't as bad as I remembered. And the next time my uncle came over so that he wouldn't be uncomfortable, I needed to sit on his lap. 
And that is the narrative that I got from my father. And so anything that happened from that point on in my life, I did not go to him for, but Mm. that's, that's the diabolical part because it's hard. It's hard. And I'm, I'm a super outspoken woman. I was an outspoken child. Um, It's hard to bring these things to light. It's hard to ask for help. And so to have these kids be gaslit and even as adults to have somebody saying, Oh, what happened to you didn't happen. Abusers always, even in the face of pictures of, you know, marks and, and phone conversation, you can have proof and show that to show it to them. And they will categorically across the board, deny it in the face of actual proof. There's no reason to think that these people who we don't have the actual hard proof that they would, that they would admit any of it. They're not going to do that. It's too evil. There's no way they could ever come out and admit to the world. These crimes of the spirit. Literally my aunt was abused by her father, my grandfather, and they tried to go to the false memories foundation. They they literally tried to to pull that, you know? And and, I mean, she went through, I mean, absolute hell. She went through hell. I mean, she, she, to her credit, she like, she uh, picked herself up by the bootstraps and she's a a therapist today and like, you know, put herself through college and, 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 and all that. And, uh, you know, and really helps other people, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. because of what happened to her, but but what she had to go through is, and, and then to be gaslit like that. Right. And that's, that's, that is exactly what happened. They ended up moving like, as you know, as I was, uh, I was, you know, a young child, my grandparents just moved away because they didn't, they couldn't deal with it. Right. Yeah. They would never admit, they would never admit. So they moved away. Gosh, so. wow. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. Awesome. Uh, let's see. So as you know, you guys, thanks for getting, for sharing with the audience. I mean, that's heavy stuff, yeah. man. Like it's a lot of awesome oh. stuff. So, um, what I was, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, what I was going to say is, uh, let's see. So one of the things we wanted to definitely touch on Philip here is, uh, well, that's not the best word for this episode, but damn, Scott, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, gonna sorry, have sorry, to edit sorry, out God, like 45 seconds. Like 45, <laughs> seconds. 45 seconds. What are we at? We're at 43, 43 minutes. No, I'm no, you're edit. fine. Yeah, you're okay. fine. Okay. okay. So what do you want to okay. touch on? So, but, uh, yeah. So <laughs> Philip, you you did such a great job. Like I said, on Deborah gets red pilled. You got like one of my main ones that I love that we haven't really done a full on deep dive into, uh, uh, the finders cult. I find that's such a fascinating one because like, there's such a, like, at least when I was looking at it recently, within the last year, there's not even a Wikipedia page for it. Can you name one other thing in the universe that there's not a Wikipedia page for, but there is not one for the finders cult. And maybe there is one now, but I really doubt it. But anyway, but so that's a really good one, but you guys did such a good job talking about that on Deborah gets red pilled. So again, I just want to shoot people over to Deborah gets red pilled for the Fairbanks episode to check out that conversation. Maybe we'll have you back for a deep dive on it. I mean, I feel like this show is deserving of a deep dive on it. For sure. But uh, one of the things that I really wanted to cover that, you know, maybe wasn't discussed in some of your other recent interviews was the Cleveland Street scandal. Now, this is kind of new to me too. So kind of break it down for us here. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you know, the the book opens up, you know, chapter one is about, uh, you know, I go into uh, Jay and Barry and uh, Lewis Carroll, uh, his real name is Charles Dodgson, once again, like Dr. Peter Fried, also a mathematician uh, and and likely a pedophile. Uh, and I hate to say that, by the way, because Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, Alice Through the Looking Glass, those were like my favorite books uh, when I was young, uh, up until I was an adult, you know. Um, and I don't necessarily believe that Jay and Barry or Lewis Carroll physically abused children, but... <laughs> You don't have to touch a child to sexually abuse them, right. you know. Right. Um, and 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 in both of those cases, 
you know, the, the Victorian era, most people think of as this really repressed era and people were completely asexual or, you know, and it wasn't quite like that. Um, you know, uh, sexualizing children was was maybe more prevalent than sexualizing uh, adult women. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, both Jay and Barry and Lewis Carroll not only had probably unhealthy, maybe even morbid obsessions with children. Um, and once again, to, uh, you know, to, to make it clear, I don't believe that they physically sexually abused children, but I do believe that they were pedophiles. And I do believe that their uh, obsessions with, with children that were close to them was a form of abuse. Um, but yeah, so, so in the, in the backdrop of, of this Victorian era, uh, well, first, before I jump into that, by the way, you know, one thing that's evidenced by that, you know, you've got Neverland and, uh, and the Alice in Wonderland theme and Wonderland and Neverland come up over and over and over again in pedophile, uh, subcultures. Mm -hmm. So whether or not, whether or not they meant to become icons of pedophilia, they did. Um, which once again, I, I hate that because I, I did, I, I absolutely loved Lewis Carroll, um, as a child and adult. And, you know, and then one day it was just like, wow, you know, this is not cool. Uh, but yeah, so, so in the Victorian era, uh, around the, uh, you know, the Gilded Era, whatever, Oscar Wilde, uh, who wrote the picture of Dorian Gray, um, and, and a few plays, uh, I believe he was also embroiled and was called the Cleveland Street Scandal, which, um, you know, it wasn't until some some papers, you know, some old, old documents uh, were uh, surfaced in the 1970s. But before that, this was completely unheard of and unknown. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, they found these records at the Old Bailey, which is, uh, you know, the big courthouse in London. Um, it, it seems that Oscar Wilde, who, by the way, um, you know, was was an open pedophile himself. Uh, I think he and Andre Jed, who's another uh, uh, like late 1800s author, like they both went, to, I think it was Algeria or Morocco or something, which, you know, so did William S. Burroughs, uh, you know, also abused young boys in, you know, uh, in Northern Africa there. But uh, Oscar Wilde was likely being extorted um, as well as a lot of people in the House of Lords, a lot of very prominent people from well-to-do families were all caught up in the whole Cleveland Street scandal, which, um, you know, we got the Epstein case. Um, I believe that the, the Franklin, Franklin cover-up and the Finders cult, uh, it, it's, it's, it's like there's a theme here, you know, you've got this looks like it's probably a blackmail operation mm -hmm. and there's a lot of really prominent people involved. Um, you know, it, it, it's happening over and over and over again. And, and then whenever it breaks, uh, whenever the story breaks, it disappears overnight and then nobody thinks about it again. Uh, but the Cleveland street scandal is one of the earliest that we have, like, you know, absolute verification of it, of it having happened. Um, and it starts with, you know, uh, once again, similar to the 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 Franklin uh, Franklin scandal at, at Boys Town in in Omaha, um, you know, you had kids who were being used as couriers and messengers, while also probably being used to deliver drugs. 
and also being abused by, you know, really wealthy and powerful people. Uh, and the, the police were already trying to investigate uh, some sort of a theft. And, uh, you know, as far as I know, we don't know exactly what was stolen. Um, but the police are, are investigating a theft and then they find this little boy um, and he has got four shillings in his pocket, which is like, you know, uh, a week or several weeks wages in the 1890s. And so this this little, you know, uh, hooligan, ragamuffin, this little street kid, there's no way he could have that much money. Uh, so so they bring him in for questioning and he's scared. He's scared. He doesn't want to get in trouble. So uh, he he blows the lid on uh, this this whole, you know, uh, on Cleveland Street. Uh, there was there was the the telegraph uh, the telegraph boys were operating and they weren't just telegraph boys they were being used as sex slaves and uh, you know but that was the, that's a perfect cover by the way you know think about it you know you you got you know oh I, what are you doing there boy why are you uh, knocking on this uh, well to do lord's uh, door oh well uh, I'm the messenger boy right. So, um, so this little scared messenger boy, uh, who doesn't want to spend years in, uh, you know, uh, in, 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 in the jail, uh, he's, uh, he kind of blows the lid on the, uh, the Cleveland street operation and, um, the police start, uh, to put the place under surveillance. But then when it, when, you know, it, it comes out that likely Prince Albert, <laughs> Queen Victoria's husband was likely involved and several other, you know, like I said, you know, the, the, the highest of high society were all caught up in this. So, you know, uh, basically the same thing that we saw in the, the Franklin and finders and Epstein, you know, it's like, Oh, wow. Uh, let's just pretend, pretend we didn't see that, you know, because yeah. that's what's happened in each of those cases. It's like, you know, uh, we, we, turn over a rock uh, and, and, you, and you see, you know, something terrible, you know, but then you see, oh no, that's, that's the people who ruled the world under there doing those terrible things. And then it just gets brushed away, covered up. Um, but yeah, Oscar Wilde, I believe that he was both being blackmailed and protecting himself through blackmail because uh, uh, he was apparently robbed and around that time, uh, you know, after he was robbed, and, and here's another thing. Okay, uh, the picture of Dorian Gray has references to Cleveland Street Scandal, and it also has references to Jack the Ripper case. Um, Wilde, you know, had some theories about the Jack the Ripper thing. Uh, a friend of his was accused of being Jack, Jack the Ripper, and after this guy committed suicide, the murder stopped. Mm. And so the police were like, okay, pack it up, boys. Here's the thing, though. Wild pointed out, oh, well, that guy's not a doctor, though, so he couldn't commit or he couldn't do surgical, uh, you know, it, it required surgical precision to do what Jack the Ripper did, uh, just like, uh, you know, the, the, the Black Dahlia case. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but, you know, this guy was a teacher and Wild also pointed out. And, and besides, he probably just killed himself because he just got outed for, uh, you know, abusing a schoolboy. He's a teacher and he's a, a abusing school children, you know, just like uh, Pierre Pasolini, the uh, the Italian uh, director, 
one of the quote unquote finest films in cinema in the 20th century is the movie Sallow, the 120 Days of Sodom based on the book by Marquis de Sade. And no, it's not. I watched like 10 minutes of that movie once and it's it's filth. It's it's children being abused on camera Hmm. and by a guy who had to stop being a teacher because he was added as a child abuser. And then moves on to make a movie. This It's an anti-fascist movie. I've seen people defend it and say, oh, you know, the reason why that movie is uh, uh, is hated by some people is because it's anti-fascist and we live in a fascist society. And it's like it's not the fact that he was a pedophile abusing children on camera, because that's why I hate it. You know, right. yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like like Pasolini, you know, we've got this case of a school teacher uh, who is uh, uh, abusing schoolboys. Um, and, and, you know, I, I believe that Oscar Wilde in a lot of his writing was kind of, uh, hinting around to some of this stuff. Um, you know, this is around the, the, around the 1890s is when we first had blind items, you know, where we would have the, uh, the, the, the first like gossip articles and, and it wouldn't mention someone like, just like crazy days and nights, for instance, you know, and it'd be like, well, somebody who does this was caught doing these things, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I believe that Oscar Wilde was doing something similar to that, uh, if for no other reason, primarily probably to protect himself uh, from being uh, extorted and, uh, and, and outed. Um, now, he ended up uh, you know, going to trial for sodomy. Um, he, uh, he was having a sexual relationship with the son of a lord, which, you know, Oscar Wilde was was a poor Irish kid who became the toast of high society on London's West End and this, you know, uh, acclaimed playwright and wit. And and if he had just accused or if he just abused stable boys and messenger boys, he probably would have died in England. But uh, he had sex with with the son of a lord. So uh, so, you know, that's that caused some big friction. And then I believe whatever, uh, you know, uh, whatever bit of insurance that he had, whatever documents or whatever it was he had, which I do believe, you know, this is something that I can't prove. Uh, but, you know, there there are multiple multiple people who have also uh, suggested the same thing that Oscar Wilde may have had some, you know, uh, some dirt on some of the people involved in the Cleveland Street scandal. So, uh, you know, what uh, you know, once this, uh, you know, he was robbed. And then all of a sudden he's on trial for sodomy. And to this day, he had the the weightiest sentence ever handed down for the crime of sodomy in England. I believe that they were making an example of him uh, because he was trying to, you know, uh, extort everybody uh, that was involved. Um, and and, and two, you know, his his two last plays, one of them, The Importance of Being Earnest, is about a guy who leads a double life. Uh, uh, or let's see, uh, I, I get the two confused. And then there's Lady Windermere's fan, which is, uh, you know, both of them have sort of, you know, similar ideas to where uh, somebody's people leading double lives and people, you know, having dirt on someone. So it's, uh, you know, I, I, th- I think that he was kind of, you know, I, I think this happens a lot in, in, in fiction with certain authors. They kind of, you know, there's certain things that it's easier to get down and get out there in fiction than in nonfiction. 
uh, the same thing with like, you know, had George Carlin and Bill Hicks, you know, uh, it, sometimes it's easier to say something as a joke uh, rather than to, to say it up front. Uh, but the same thing with Oscar Wilde, I do believe that he used his fiction to kind of, uh, you know, uh, hint at a lot of these things that were going on. But yeah, pretty much everybody in, in the trial of Oscar Wilde, from his own lawyer to the prosecutor to the judge, uh, Hamilton Cuff was the judge. There were multiple people involved in that trial whose names came up in the Cleveland Street papers uh, that, that finally came out in the 1970s. So, yeah, I do. I, I do honestly believe that uh, that Oscar Wilde had some dirt on people and that he was protected until. And and, and like I said, I, I, in the book, I try not to get into speculation, but I'll, I'll go ahead and speculate that I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't a telegraph messenger boy who uh, who robbed him. You know, because because once again, I think, uh, you know, I think that in the in, in the finders in the Cleveland Street and and uh, in all Epstein, I think in all these cases, it's not just human trafficking. I think there's probably drug trafficking and blackmail and uh, as well as stuff, to, you know, connecting to the security services where, you know, and and, and kids, you know, kids are uh, kids will slip through certain areas where an adult. Uh, would be scrutinized more. So, um, so yeah, the, uh, the 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 Cleveland Street story though that's that's one of those that uh, you know uh, a lot of people are not aware of. I you know like I said I've I've been looking into uh, you know institutional uh, pedophilia and that kind of pedophilia and, and organized child abuse for for a couple decades now. But I'd only uh, discovered this about you know maybe five or six years ago. Um, the, the one last thing that I'll mention that that also uh, doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't get a lot of uh, airplay uh, in uh, w- when these kind of topics are, are talked about. Um, J.K. Hoisman, uh, who is, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Lovecraft. And one of the people who inspired Lovecraft was J.K. Hoisman. And he wrote Le Bas, which means down there. He wrote uh, Rebour, which is generally translated as against the grain. And uh, uh, he published in uh, a magazine that, you know, it was a it was a uh, a yellow book and yellow at the time. You know, you got the symbolists and Baudelaire and Rimbaud and yellow uh, with the symbolists uh, symbolized decadence. And in another one of Wilde's uh, plays, um, somebody asked, you know, uh, is, is this something about reading and uh, or, or it might actually be Oscar Wilde. I think it might be uh, Lord uh, Henry uh, Watton. Uh, who says something about, oh, well, I only read yellow books, which is uh, a veiled reference to Hoisman again. Hoisman wrote a uh, wrote a book that it's sort of like the the you know, it's it's a once again it's it's that prototypical theme of uh, fact disguised as fiction. Uh, it's a romantic left where you know the main character is actually Hoisman because he started uh, studying Rosicrucianism and then ended up you know looking into Gilles de Rai, who uh, you know the the story of Bluebeard is based on an actual guy who didn't just kill his wives he was also a notorious child murderer and then there's also this guy uh, Pierre Boulon uh, Joseph Pierre Boulon was uh, it. 
I forget what it's called. I, I always want to say the repair of reputations. It's something about the, the society for the reparation of lost souls or something like that. But once again, uh, the yellow King by RW chambers, another, uh, uh, book that inspired Lovecraft, uh, has themes of yellow and decadence in a book that'll drive you crazy. And, and, you know, it's, it's all these, all these, you know, fictional themes are tied together that I do believe some people were aware and hinting of it, but Hoisman, you know, he, he became aware apparently of, you know, uh, there were, uh, prominent high profile Satanists who might've been involved in the Catholic church. And, uh, after doing his studies and, uh, you know, uh, he now here's the thing though he may have been having his leg pulled because one of his primary sources was Boulon, who was like Bluebeard, a child murderer. You know he killed his own children. He was uh, a cult leader uh, and mystic, and and I think he might have pulled the wool over Hoisman's eyes somewhat. Uh, it may have even been misdirection. So, uh, but supposedly Hoisman learned of you know this big conspiracy involving child abuse and maybe even child sacrifice and there were prominent priests in in the catholic church that were involved hoisman ended up you know uh, he spent his last days uh on hallowed ground he would he, uh, i forget whether it's a monastery or a cathedral but you know he got so shook up by what he saw that he wouldn't leave the house and because uh, his first book is one of the quintessential books of uh, of decadent literature. And it's about, you know, discovering the transgressive and getting into the decadent society. And then the second book is sort of like, you know, uh, uh, this character is sort of like a, an author slash private investigator who comes across this horrible conspiracy. Except, you know, like I said, it's it's mostly based on a true story. Uh, and by the way, um, if you can stomach it, the book is Laba, uh, which means down there or mm -hmm. in hell. Uh, it could also be translated as. But if you can stomach it like that is that is a horrific. You'll, you'll understand why this guy would not leave hallowed ground uh, until until his death. If you read that book. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I really do strongly believe that that there were a lot of folks like uh, like maybe, you know, Lovecraft has got a Crowley connection. Lovecraft's mm. ex-wife was a devotee of Crowley, who once again Crowley uh, comes up in a, in a lot of these kind of things. Um, uh, you know, the, there are rumors of of uh, bestiality and child abuse, and possibly even child sacrifice. Uh, though, if you listen to the Thelemites, uh, oh, you know that thing about sacrificing a young boy—that's actually something else. I I won't say what it is. It's really gross. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I do believe a lot of this stuff really does tie together and that in a lot of cases, um, the the truth is hidden in fiction or or at least veiled in fiction. You know, they don't come right out and say it. You know, I, I, I think Thomas Pynchon did some of the same kind of things like, you know, uh, in 1964, he wrote The Crying of Lot 49, which has this uh, mad scientist, Dr. Hilaritus, who is giving LSD to housewives. Hey, wait a minute. So that takes place in Massachusetts and has a uh, a psychiatrist giving housewives LSD. But at that time, nobody knew that Dr. Leary was conducting the, the mm -hmm. Millbrook Brook experiments where he was giving LSD and mushrooms to housewives. So, you know, and, and that's just one case where, uh, you know, Pynchon, for instance, seems to be talking about some stuff that 
it probably is safer to uh, uh, to to make veiled references to than to just outright uh, you know uh, uh, say it outright. That and the fact that you know another uh, another thing that uh, you know using literary uh, uh, literature and fiction is it's more likely to stay. You know, like like my book here. You know, one thing that I'm concerned. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, I did my best to make sure that it's it's as unimpeachable as possible. But, um, you know, just the title alone, um, uh, I had my Facebook account deleted. And I'm pretty sure I found out later that the, the, the term pedogate, like as soon as I created an author page, they, they deleted my Facebook. And they didn't just delete it, by the way. Like I've tried to create new accounts or even fake accounts. No, no, my phone, my laptop, I can, I can use a different name and a different email address and a different SIM card. They've got my Mac address. <laughs> they yeah. will not let me make a Facebook account, literally. That's so, right. you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm always worried that one day, you know, I saw, speaking of Facebook, I saw somebody uh, was, was uh, you know, banned. They, they got a, a timeout anyways from Facebook for um, just for copy pasting some of the Fauci emails, which yeah. by the way, were released, you know, I, I understand, you know, Twitter and Facebook, you're not allowed to uh, share hacked materials. They're not hacked materials. They were released to BuzzFeed and uh, uh, think New York Times under the Freedom of Information Act. They're not hacked. But but, you know, people are getting timeouts for copy pasting pictures of the Fauci emails. So, yeah, it it doesn't matter if you're telling the truth. Uh, There's always a chance that, you know, um, in particular, if you're telling the truth. Yeah, in particular, exactly. when you're That's telling right. the truth, they pull you right. down. Yeah. Yeah. The Googles, yeah, the absolutely. Facebooks, the Googles, the Facebooks, the Twitters of the world. We, that's what we call Instagram. Pe- we, yeah. The Instagram. Well, yeah. 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 Zuckerbergs. Those are yeah. what we call, those are what we call the pedophile adjacent people. They are uh-huh. pedophilic. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or, or, you know, they, they go to bat hard to protect them. You know, like your, yeah. your book exposing pedophilia may get banned, but like pages that kind of encourage it and endorse it, they're fine. They're all over. The place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. yeah. 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 The, the minor attracted persons or whatever, who, you know, when Tumblr, uh, made, uh, you know, banned porn and number one, the site died. And number two, all the, uh, they're pedophiles. Okay. But they call themselves minor attracted persons mm. or virtuous pedophiles or whatever. And, virtuous you know, pedophiles. the, the, and, and, and they, they do, they network and everything and they of seem course. to be fine. You're right. It's, uh, it's insane. You know, you, you mentioned Wikipedia earlier, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, if, if, if you ever want to get angry, you know, sometimes I'm just in the mood to be angry. So, yeah. uh, just oh, yeah. go over to the talk page for the Franklin scandal and see how they talk about Nick Bryant. Oh, yeah. Nick Bryant, he's not a reliable source. Then how come Vanity Fair interviewed him about Epstein? Yeah. You know, yeah. Vanity yeah. Fair thinks he's a reliable source and Wikipedia thinks that. So by the transitive and commutative properties, then no, that's not how it works. Because, yeah. they're, you know, and, and, and by the way, you know, you mentioned Zuckerberg. Yes, absolutely. Um, a, a ridiculous amount of the, the lion's share, the lion's share of child grooming and exploitation takes place on WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook, which are all yeah. owned by Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. So yeah, you know, yeah. It, it doesn't matter if Mark Zuckerberg is a pedophile. Uh, all, all we know is, you know, I've talked to, uh, you know, 501c3 nonprofit organizations. Um, there's one in Riverside, California that, uh, you know, they, they, they work with, uh, you know, 
it's a child uh, anti-child trafficking uh, charity, uh, charitable organization. And, you know, they do some great work. They are constantly uh, having issues with their Facebook page. And, yeah. you know, it, it is, it's mind blowing. Yeah, and, so. you know, and, and they're not, Okay, like the, the what they say is, oh well, you know, we're protecting people from the QAnon conspiracy theories and God. Pizzagate made somebody shoot a, you know, and and it's like no, that that's it's not yeah. just that stuff. It's not just wild conspiracy theories that are getting banned. Not at all. Like I could understand if it was like, oh, you know, Hillary Clinton drinks children's blood, which by the way, I can't stand that stuff. Okay. I'm not saying Hillary Clinton doesn't drink children's blood. She might. Maybe she does it every night. But you know what? It doesn't matter. You know, like, yeah. we we need to focus on what we can prove, okay? Yeah. Because point. if you start talking about 12-foot-tall lizards and, 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 you know, adrenochrome, you know, it doesn't matter if that stuff's true or not. Let's let's stick to the facts to get the normies on board and then we can maybe, you know, push to find out what else is going on. But I almost feel like, you know, I think a lot of people that 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 fall into that kind of stuff, you know, that they're well-meaning. I don't have anything against, you know, I, I, I know a lot of people who are into the QAnon thing, for instance, and and I, all the ones that I know, they're great people and they do genuinely care about kids. Uh, and child trafficking, and they know yep. what a big deal it is. But, yep. but yeah, like I, I think it's counterproductive to you know, oh, you know, uh, we've got proof that there's a there's a video that shows that Hillary Clinton was eating a uh, eating a kid's face. No, there's not. There yep. isn't, and I guarantee you that the frazzle drip video doesn't exist. I guarantee okay. it. That's yeah. that's one of the few things that that like I literally do not believe. I'll tell you why I don't believe in frazzle drip. By the way, oh, did you know that that shirt that you see Jay Z wearing? That's a still from the frazzle. No, that is actually a painting by Jean Michel Basquiat, who died in the eighties. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I know that frazzle drip isn't real because well, well, okay, maybe it is real. Maybe there is a video of Hillary Clinton eating a baby's face, but. If so, then the bit about the T-shirt and the hoodie isn't true. Yeah, because yeah. you know what oh. I'm saying. So yeah, dude. Oh, so, the red herrings are everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and pushing that stuff is counterproductive. You know, because uh, like we you know we were talking about priming the pump for disbelief. Uh, you know, I, I I think it's no accident that the the QAnon stuff and the PizzaGate stuff. Uh, got really huge just before the major Epstein revelations. Yeah. You know, they wanted to make sure that your average person, even if they saw that, whoa, there are a bunch of rich and powerful people who run the world who are tied up in what is likely a blackmail operation involving child trafficking on a billionaire's secret island. You know, like, see, that's and that's the thing. Like I said, the story is sensational enough if you just stick to what we know. Absolutely. So there's no need to spice it up. There's no need to sensationalize or, you know, and, and you know, on here, I, I have speculated a little bit mm -hmm. uh, because, yeah, like I said, when, when I am preaching to the choir, I do like to go into, you know, well, you know, and I also think this. But, you know, I think it's very important when when we're trying to, uh, you know, educate people who aren't aware of these things, we really need to be kind of level headed 
make sure that our sourcing is, uh, is accurate. Make sure that everything's cited. Like, you know, uh, if, if, if Wikipedia isn't going to buy it, then, then, you know, your normie friends aren't, aren't either. Um, now Wikipedia of course is, is, is an extreme, uh, extreme example, because like I said, even with, with Nick Bryant, you know, that they won't accept Nick Bryant's research, even though it's based on, you know, a stack of DSS documents. Uh, so, so yeah, but, but I think your average person when faced with the facts, you know, uh, and some of them still won't care and some of them, and, and I understand the ones who, you know, uh, like I said, the, there are people who don't care and there are people who care too much. And and I, I understand the people who care too much and they're like, OK, listen, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to go over here now. I get that. I completely get that, you know, and I respect that because and especially for people who, you know, if it's triggering, if that's something you dealt with or a loved one dealt with, that can be incredibly triggering. It can bring up traumatic and painful memories. And if so, you know, by all means, please just do what's good for you. Be healthy. But uh, but if you can, you know, share the information that we know is so because because that's productive. Totally. Absolutely, man. And that's the one thing I got to give you lots of credit for is like in this book, like I'm just looking at the table of contents right here. So just so you guys know, just so you guys go, go out there, uh, get the copy. We'll put links in the show notes here. But it's called uh, the Pedagate Primer, the Politics of Pedophilia. And then just like chapters like the Franklin Scandal Finders, whole chapter in False Memory Syndrome Syndrome Foundation, Joan Benet Ramsey, the Mark mm-hmm. Dutroux situation in Belgium is just oh, insane. Right. If you guys haven't heard of that one, and then yeah. Philip, we could sit here literally diving into all this stuff all night, all stuff like I, we could do it literally. And I've heard you Deep say too, like literally entire ways. books on like multiple books on each yeah, one of each these, one of these chapters Jeffrey Epstein. I could write a book on. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear like more about just the, you know, the online, uh, like the, the complicity of big tech and all this stuff, but man, mm-hmm. it's just like, wow, man. Thank you. <laughs> thank wow. you. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Definitely. So yeah. Definitely. What's the best place that they can go find the book and support you? I know you've got some other, uh, like GoFundMe's going on too. Well, um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, the the book you know you can get it you can get it at Kindle and you can get a uh, paper book at Amazon you can also get it at uh, Barnes and Noble. Barnes and um, Noble. There's I cannot remember there's there's also a bookstore in Australia that just in the past couple of weeks started uh, started carrying it. So nice. if you're in Australia or New Zealand, uh, you can finally you know you, you finally don't have to have it shipped from from North America. So that's cool. Um, yes. But yeah, um, uh, Barnes and Noble, Powell's. Oh my gosh, that excited me so much. I'm sorry. Nice. You know, like congratulations. I I went to Portland, you know, uh, a few years back, and I remember going to Powell's and thinking, oh man, one day I want to have a book sold at Powell's. And you know, so yeah, it's a really proud moment uh, to know that it's uh, it's available at Powell's as well, and and Target, even Target. Wow. That blew my mind a little bit. You know, what? it's like, wait a minute, what? Target? Wow. So yeah, Target, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. Um, and there's also an audio book at Audible. I don't know, though. I mean, like, I can't listen. I can't listen to my own podcast interviews because <laughs> I can't just sit there and listen to my voice for six hours straight. If you can stomach that, it's also available at Audible. And in fact, there's a couple of dozen promo codes left. So if you don't oh, want to cool. pay for the book, um, send me an email and I'll send you a PDF and or a promo code for the audiobook. Uh, 
because you know, I mean, like, yeah, I I, I want to keep writing, and it's it's nice to make money, blah blah blah. But at the same time, like, you know, I I I definitely don't want to ever be able to be accused of, oh wow, you know, he heard about PizzaGate and he's he's cashing in on that whole. No, no, no. I was studying this stuff long before, like, you know, long before PizzaGate yeah. and QAnon came along. Uh, and this is not about the money for me. Um, I mean, sure, it's the writing and uh, uh, and whatnot. This is my livelihood, but you know, I'm making money. I'm fine. Uh, the book is extra, you know. Perfect. So yeah, if, if 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 you can't afford a copy, uh, but would like one, you know, uh, you can go to philfairbanks.com and or or send me an email at kafkaguy at gmail.com contact me and and i'll get you a copy you know don't put it online don't torrent it you know i would rather people like reach out if they if they need a copy but yeah if you need a copy and can't afford it i'm I'm more than happy uh to make sure you get one um but yeah so uh it's available in audiobook and kindle and a few different bookstores and yes i've all i now i've got i've got a patreon um oh, cool. it's not got much on it at the moment what what i you know i've recently started a little podcast through the plastic screen yeah. and uh so i'm planning on you know um kind of inspired by through the uh the the higher side chats the you know Great. some of the interviews that are a little longer i'm like okay so i can just like when if an interview runs over like uh hour hour and a half you know, do do the second portion have like a bonus episode uh, that you can download uh, at the Patreon. So um, so, you know, like I said, I do a weekly podcast with uh, through the plastic screen that I'm going to start uh, uploading some of the bonus uh, footage there. And uh, and yes, I've also got to go fund me. Oh, gosh, I hate to beg. No, but dude, I, you're good. I had an please, injury. please, please, please. Oh my gosh, I had I had a, an injury and now I've got like it's a it's C3 to C7 vertebrae. Oh man, I'm screwed up right now. Like uh, you know, you guys asked, "Oh, you, you going to turn your camp?" No. No, yeah. Because yeah. I am laying on my side with a cervical collar and neck brace and I look goofy. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. now for the last 6 months I've I've been dealing with this injury. I'm trying to, you know, raise enough money to get the surgery. Um because it, you know, it is, it's really, it's really painful. And the worst part, probably, I mean, except when the pain is at its worst is like today, I, you know, I, I'm tripping over my words a little bit because it's been like a week. I have not gotten more than five hours of sleep because wow. I don't get to sleep until late. And then I wake yeah. up before my alarm goes off with, with my neck and back burning. So, you know, and, and, and like I said, I hate to beg, I hate to, Good, uh, you know, hold the hat out there, but you know, and, and I do want to say like, if, if you can't take your kids or loved one or, or, or yourself out to, I don't know, pizza hut or to see that movie you want to see, then you can't afford to help. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> now, if after that you got some leftover, you know, and you want to throw five or 10 in the hat. Oh my gosh. I, I do very much appreciate it. So, uh, so yeah, like I said, got the GoFundMe and the Patreon, uh, if you want to help there, uh, or, or just buy a copy of the book, 
uh, or audio book. But and once again, like I said, I you know, it's there's a pandemic going on. I know I yeah. know how it is out there. Uh, a lot of people uh, are, are dealing with, you know, you know, uh, financial difficulties right now. So if you can't afford the book, don't feel bad about asking, you know, I like, okay. My mom's listening right now. Just wagging her head. Philip, I told (laughs) you, (laughs) she she tells me that all the time, but in my defense, like, you know, for years, I, I, most of the writing I did was for free and she's like, Philip, you know, and I'm like, no, uh, unless you have, uh, a curriculum vitae, you know, unless you've been published, then you don't get published more. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's all, it's all part of it. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the more people who read it, you know, more people will review it and then more people will buy it. So it it all, it all works out in the end. So if, uh, if you can't, if you can't afford the book, but you would like to read it and especially if you know somebody, like I said, if you got that normie friend yeah. who thinks all of this stuff is nonsense, oh, oh boy, there's a reason why, <laughs> you know, like a quarter to a third of the book is just the bibliography. And it's not, it's not Breitbart and it's not InfoWars and it's not, what is it, Veterans Today? And it's not, it, it's, it's, it's Newsweek and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's the, the, the uh, CNN and it's, it's, it's the sources that even normies will have to be like, well, heck. Yep. Yes, I guess maybe you were right. So yeah, I, I think I think it's a, you know, not to toot my own horn, but it's it's an important book to share. Yeah. Uh, and and if you do know somebody who you know, who who could learn from this book, and and, and you can't afford it, hey, you know, there's a contact page or copyguy at gmail.com. Drop me a line. I I love to hear from people. Like that's one of the things that made the sleepless nights and the panic attacks that I had while writing it worthwhile is when I get like a message from somebody uh, saying that they really appreciate the book. And, you know, especially, you know, I've heard from people who, you know, have gone through these kinds of things. And like I said, that makes it all worthwhile. All All the sleepless nights and the panic attacks and the, you know, uh, that was rough, but it's so fulfilling to know that, you know, I, 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 I'm never going to be a millionaire, but I'm more fulfilled than a lot of millionaires, I believe, just because of the work I do. So, Absolutely. yeah. Well, tell you what, Paul, send me an email with all that stuff, all the links, all oh, that, everything. I'll make sure that gets yeah. in the pl- in the notes and everything like that. So, brother, thank you so much, man. Uh, okay, we're going to have to so do this much. again because there's Definitely. so much more we need to talk about. Yeah. Um, I know you said you already yeah, mentioned no you got some like other Like I said, the Dutro or, yeah. or, or the, the Finders Cult or, yeah. Or the bit about the, you know, uh, the YouTube and uh, yeah. and the Zuckerberg platforms and grooming yeah. and exploitation. I, any one of these could make uh, a book length. Uh, you know, uh, the, I, I could I could stretch out to a book length or or an hour or two uh, uh, conversation. And thanks Perfect. so much for having me on. Like Thank I said, you, it's, it's it's not an easy topic, but it's an yeah. important topic. And totally. and, and I and, and I love that that it is having some sort of an effect out there. Uh, I I think, I think it's resonating with some people. And like I said, that makes it all worthwhile. Amen. Absolutely. All right, brother. Well, you take care. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank y'all. Have a good one. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks for being here. Good night. Wow. Wow. (laughs) 
love you guys. Are you dancing? Are you dancing? That's a lot, man. Wow, dude. You guys be dancing and laughing after it. I mean, I didn't know about the Cleveland Street scandal at all. So, like, I mean, it's just, it's just. I mean, yeah, we all knew this didn't start. This didn't start in the 20th century, right? Oh no, same old story. This is since the conception of mankind. You know what I'm really interested in? This John Bonet Ramsey. I know. I want. I want to touch on that one too. Listen, he was in. If you listen to the one that he did, the interview he did on Higher Side Chats, they get into okay. it. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. because yeah. I've read uh, what John Douglas, the FBI agent who I mentioned in previous episodes that I used to study his work and the books that he's written, and he goes deep into what happened in that case. So I'm curious to read. Well, I'll have this on I've Friday, and then kind of compare and contrast. But well, it's uh, have, have anybody seen the tinfoil hat on it though? That were uh, that, that someone yeah. I forget who he interviewed, but they said like uh, she didn't even exist. Oh yeah, okay. She didn't even here. exist. Damn. Yeah. Like Damn. there's, 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 I mean, that story is so, there's so many. There's a lot, huh? Yeah. I'm, I'll have and to weirdness. listen to that. Like, okay. I, I, don't even, I don't even know. I don't even know at this point, but wow. like, I'm definitely interested uh, in seeing uh, his take on it. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. Certainly. yeah. I can't wait to get into it. Cool. Wow, everybody. Well, that was uh, really uh, a lot in that interview. And uh, please go and find Philip Fairbanks and support him in his yeah. work. Please, if you're able to donate, do that. He's uh, doing incredible things out there. Please go and find this book. Uh, you met, He mentioned all the platforms he's on. Yeah. I know that Barnes & Noble, as far as I know at this point, what I've read is that they're not tied into uh, the overlords. That's where I've been ordering my books, and they'll there ship it right to your house. Um, so Barnes & Noble or the other places that he mentioned, I won't Target. say. Target. Target. Powell's. What was up with that's awesome. Well, Powell's, I mean, Powell's, absolutely. Yeah. So, but and and reach out to him if you but need, don't, like don't he suggested, Target. and like we'll we'll say we'll say Barnes and Noble. Well, we're gonna say not Amazon at least. Barnes don't give yeah, Bezos Amazon, anything else. But anyway, you can go to you can go to Target and steal it, and you'll be fine. <laughs> Holy shit! Just <laughs> so start a riot at Target and steal it. If you're doing it, if you're gonna do it. You can do that. <laughs> you go to California and just load up. If it's under a thousand dollars, we'll just take just our. Go steal it. Why not? There you go. It's insured. Reparations. We, we, we do not. We don't support stealing, any of that, by the way. But that not really at all. Funny. That was super sarcasm. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for your time and for looking into these matters. Please go and get this book, absolutely. And uh, we'd like to hear from you and uh, have yeah. some dialogue. So, yeah, yeah. always. Until next time, I'm Megan, sitting here with Scott and Ed, and we wish all of you intellectual prosperity. Good night. <laughs>